Horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. And I'm always glad to have producer Eric Ryder as well. He's at the board. And today, via the miracles of broadcasting and podcast technology, we are going to make a trip to Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's the home of the National Corvette Museum. Since 1953, the Chevrolet Corvette has been revered as America's sports car. Can you imagine being a Corvette enthusiast and going to the National Corvette Museum? We're going to get you as close as we can through these means today, close as we can get to a guided tour as we talk to Mariah Hughes. She is a lady in the know about all things Corvette and particularly regarding this famous museum. This is American Road Trip Talk and the interview is coming right up after these messages. Visit Ridgeland presents the Art, Wine, and Wheels Weekend, Friday, April 30th through Sunday, May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. The weekend includes the Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, the Run Now and Wine Later 5K, and the first-ever Friday night kickoff party. For more details on festival artists, wine samplings, music lineup, and children's activities, go to artwineandwheels.com and follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook. Hashtag Visit MS Responsibly. Chart your course to visit Alliance, Nebraska. Fun, safe, family-friendly, and pet-friendly activities make Alliance one adventure you and your family don't want to miss. Come for Carhenge and stay to experience our many other free attractions, plus craft brews and local dining. Yes, all of the attractions are free. Shop along our historic brick streets, too. Carhenge is a 2020 Top 10 Worldwide Award winner by TripAdvisor. Unique, quirky, and a pop culture icon, Carhenge is open year-round to visitors who love to experience something different. You won't find a to-scale replica of England's Stonehenge quite like this anywhere else in the world. Our little slice of country is your place to relax before you head to the hills or the mountains with all of the small town charm your soul needs. For more information, please go to visitalliance.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and alert drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you're studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. 
go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Mariah Hughes, Senior Media and Marketing Specialist for the National Corvette Museum, was raised near Bowling Green, Kentucky, and has always had a fondness for Corvettes. She began working at the museum in February of 2018 in the Membership and Guest Services Department, welcoming and checking in visitors at the admissions counter, as well as assisting in museum group tours. When not working at the museum, Mariah enjoys watching Tennessee Titans and all things Walt Disney World. While Mariah doesn't yet own a Corvette, she aspires to someday own a 1963 split window version. Mariah Hughes, welcome to American Road Trip Talk. Thank you all for having me. We are so delighted to have you. I received a tip about you from one of my guests months ago, and I just put it on my calendar to get in contact with you and to have this encounter. To be a Corvette owner or someone who would aspire to own a Corvette or simply those millions of people who admire the style and the evolution of that great member of the Chevrolet car family, they look at the Corvette and they revere it. And as I say that, Mariah, it seems to me that people visiting the museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky, must feel like they're going to some kind of shrine. (laughs) We say that we're the Disney World for Corvettes here, that's for sure. The museum opened in 94 originally as, you know, like an educational building all about the history of Corvettes, but we really evolved into being known as the gateway to all things Corvette. And you're doing it with quite a facility. I believe it's on 115,000 square feet within the square feet and on a 55 acre campus. That is correct. Incredible. Let's break it down as much as time will allow because we absolutely, and I mean this rather literally, we want to drive traffic to your museum and to Bowling Green generally. Is it true, Mariah, that Bowling Green is also the home to a Corvette assembly plant? It is. So right across the street from the museum on the other side of the exit when you get off here at the interstate, exit 28, is the Bowling Green Assembly Plant. It is the only place in the world where Corvettes are built, and they have been built there since 1981. So, you know, when you come to Bowling Green, we call it Vet City. So, of course, you've got the assembly plant, and then you have the museum, and then just right up the road from the museum is the NCM Motorsports Park, a 3.2-mile racetrack as well. What a Mecca, a Corvette Mecca. Mm -hmm. I love that. When it comes to doing the tour at the Corvette Museum, might want to fill us in because we're still dealing with the effects of this pandemic and hopefully it will be over very soon. How about taking guided tours? You're famous for those. Right. So at this moment in time, because of the coronavirus pandemic, no guided tours are available. However, the museum is self-guided. There's enough information about everything that we have on display that you can kind of go through at your own pace. We have some people who can spend an hour to an hour and a half here, which is what we recommend. And then you have the full-fledged enthusiasts who can spend multiple days at the museum if allowed. There's so much to learn and see when you're here. No doubt about that. And I should mention, this is fairly unique in my experience. I've done a couple of audio tours. I was present and I took those audio tours, one in Williamsburg, Virginia, the other at Graceland, all things Mm -hmm. Elvis. You have audio tours available and they're complimentary. 
Correct. You can go to our website, corvettemuseum.org, under the visit tab, and all of that information is ready at your fingertips. Excellent to know that. Let's start with ongoing exhibits. Tell us about those, Mariah. So when you come into the museum, the first thing that you're going to see is a boulevard filled with brand new Corvettes. Now, those Corvettes are not cars that are on display. They are part of the museum's R8C delivery program. So when you order your new Corvette, you have the option of selecting code R8C, meaning that when it's finished being built across the street at the assembly plant, it's going to come across the street on a truck and be delivered here at the museum. It's going to get inspected by our pre-delivery inspection team and then come set on Corvette Boulevard and wait for you to come pick up your new car. And you're getting it at the site of the museum, which would make that even more of a thrill. How, how bonding that would be for a brand new Corvette owner. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you walk in those doors, you're going to be welcomed with open arms by those new Corvettes, as well as the museum's library and archives, our Corvette store, our C6 racing simulator, our insurance office, and then the admissions counter where you can purchase your admission to kind of travel back in time and go through Corvette history all the way up until today. Corvette history. Well, you anticipated me, Mariah. In terms of Corvette history, tell our listeners a bit about the original vision and the people who made it happen and those people today who caused the Corvette to evolve. So Harley Earl is the father of the Corvette. And of course, the first Corvette was unveiled in 1953 at the Motorama in New York City, New York. Um, not long after the car was unveiled, you all know the name Zora Arkistantov, especially if you're in the automotive world. He came on with GM and Chevrolet as sort of a chief engineer in the mid-50s and followed them up and through, you know, as many years as he could until he retired. Zora was actually the individual who had the dream and the vision of a mid-engine Corvette. And you look at the designers today and the engineers today, Taj, Jector, and Harlan Charles, who really made Zora's dream come true with the mid-engine eighth-generation Corvette. And the growth of Corvette, the evolution continues today. On a personal note, Mariah, mm -hmm. you have you're been you've been pining away, as it were, for a 1963 split window. Why that particular model? I'm sure it's a great one, but what's the secret of its appeal to you? The uniqueness of the car itself. I mean, there's no other Corvette that has a split rear window. And when you think of a Corvette and you see it, of course, the younger generations are going to remember today's Corvette and previous owners are going to recognize the 50s and the 60s models as well. But as someone who's younger, who's worked with Corvettes for many years here at the museum, there's just something about that 63 that screams power and beauty and really America's sports car to me. As well, I can imagine, you know, I can, as I hear you talk, Mariah, I'm going back to my college days and I can remember attending a party in the mid 1970s. So we're going <laughs> back away, but there was this beautiful white Corvette that was of a vintage that at least the person, I mean, I'm hardly the Corvette expert, but the <laughs> guy next to me was saying, you know what? I would love to own a Corvette. That's my dream car, but I don't think I'd want one with the fiberglass body. And uh -huh. honestly, to this day, I don't know whether or not they have fiberglass bodies. I'm not the expert as I say, but in terms of the evolution of the body and the materials, did that guy know what he was talking about? Yeah, I mean, he did to a certain extent. We have to remember that as times change, the way that Corvettes were built has evolved as well. However, one thing has always stayed the same. 
The entire body of the car and the entire chassis of the car are built separately and they come together in what we call a marriage. We actually have a replica of the St. Louis assembly plant on display here at the museum where we've taken a 1973 white Corvette and kind of split it in half so you can really see how those two cars do come together on the assembly line and Corvettes are still built that way today. That would be great to see. You have some special exhibits that I want to get to in a moment, Mariah, but one of the ongoing exhibits would be absolutely mesmerizing and a bit terrifying to me. Tell us about the Corvette Cave-In, also known as the Sky Dome Sinkhole Experience. Yes. So on February 12th of 2014, the museum made both national and international headlines when a 35 feet deep sinkhole opened up under the museum and swallowed eight of the cars on collection and in display. Now, this is cave country and there are caves and karst areas everywhere. So in this part of Kentucky, you never know where a cave can be. At the time when the museum was being built, which of course opened in 94, we didn't know that the cave was underneath the museum. When they tested the ground so many feet deep, they never reached the cave ceiling. Well, over those 20 years, the museum sitting on top of it in 2014, it just couldn't support the weight of everything that was sitting on top of it anymore. Caves are made out of limestone rock. And as you all may or may not know, limestone rock tends to erode very quickly, especially in wet environments, which cave systems are usually wet environments. So uh, it was 21 minutes before the first person was set to arrive at the museum. It swallowed eight of the cars on display of the eight cars. They were either on loan from General Motors or had been donated to the museum's permanent collection. So nothing was set to be leaving anytime soon. That floor has now been repaired. However, two sections of the cave are still open just in case we ever needed to get back in there again. Three of the cars were restored and the other five were left damaged. If you look up pictures of the cars, you'll understand why those five could not be repaired. But you've got this great experience where you can learn about the, some might say a tragedy that happened in the Corvette world, but we definitely turned, you know, lemons into lemonade as our visitors doubled after the sinkhole occurred. I'm just trying to think if I were there waiting to go in and see some cars that day, how terrifying that must have been. I mean, the news, I remember the news of it. I can even remember one of the pictures I saw online. And that was just amazing. But in terms of the immediate effect it had and uh, possible injuries, what was that experience like? Probably you weren't there quite at that time. I wasn't there at the time, but I grew up in this area. So, of course, when it happened, I couldn't believe that a sinkhole had opened inside of a building, but not swallowed the building. It swallowed cars instead. Not long after the sinkhole occurred, when they assessed the room as being safe, my family and I uh, drove up the road about 30 minutes to come to the museum to see the sinkhole. And when you walked up there to the edge of it, you just couldn't believe that it was that big and the damage and the broken glass and the dirt and the damage to the fiberglass that had occurred on each of those cars that fell in. I can see why you would want that to be an ongoing exhibit because this is uh, an incredible piece of the history of the museum itself and by extension, the history of the Corvette. So it is. Um, I am, you know, glad wouldn't be the right word, but I think it's appropriate that you honor history in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's not just a part of museum history. It's a part of Corvette history as well. You know, I should take a moment, Mariah, and mention that there is a kid zone. If you want to bring the kids with you, I don't think they'll be bored. 
No, we are a family-friendly attraction for enthusiasts and Corvette lovers of all ages. So, you know, all the way up into the people who, you know, really were there when the 53 Corvette was unveiled to our next generation of Corvette enthusiasts. So the younger kids. We also have a youth membership program called a Next Generation membership as well. When we talk about the history of the Corvette, there's the Corvette on the street, and then there is Corvette racing. What are some of the legends that you like to talk about or display perhaps at the museum indicating how Corvette fared against, and of course we're talking about an excruciating experience of competition or maybe a thrilling one for the people who thrive on that. Man, the adrenaline would be flowing if you're the owner of a Corvette team and you're watching your baby in action. So we have the E. Pierce Marshall Memorial Performance Gallery here at the museum. It's an interactive exhibit with 13 Corvette race cars currently on display. Along with those are interactive screens where you can touch the screen and see the car in action, as well as artifacts in the case next to those screens and in the case behind it that correspond to each car. You know, you can't mention Corvette racing without Zora Arcus Duntov either, because not long after he got started at General Motors, he really wanted to get Corvette into the race scene. And he did. But at the time, Corvette racing wasn't factory backed. It didn't become factory backed until the C5 era, and it remains factory backed until this day. So that is, uh, you know, we are a living museum. Those cars rotate in and out consistently as we do have about 80 to 90 cars on display at all times. So no two visits to the museum are the same. And Mariah, what is the connection between the museum and the generous donors who will loan out their cars, which is a special bond of trust, right? They're it to is. make those available. How do you arrange for that? So the museum is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're member owned and operated by board of directors. You can purchase a membership at the museum for as low as $50 for an individual membership a year, all the way up to a lifetime membership at the museum, which is $1,500. So with the support of museum members and the Corvette community and people willing to share their Corvette stories and the enthusiast areas, etc., people really want to have their cars on display here at the museum. We do have a wish list of Corvettes as well listed on our website. So if you know anyone who's looking to donate, I'm sure we'd be interested in setting up a conversation with our director of collections as well. But we like for our visitors to have a different experience each time they come, not just for our members, for the, for the people who are driving down I-65 and see this Corvette museum from the interstate that they've driven past for years and are finally able to stop. And each car is its own way of telling Corvette history. If you've got a good PR team and you've already got a great product, the museum itself and the ultimate product, the Corvette, I can see longevity well into your future. That's a nice way to handle all those prospects of introducing the public in a very sheerly concentrated form, a glamorous form, so that people can experience it, whether they've ever owned a Corvette or perhaps never will. They maybe just dream about it and they love the idea. But of course, it's always good to aspire higher and think, oh, maybe someday I could be behind the wheel of one of those of my very own. Well, every now and then we make some dreams come true. The museum has a raffle program where we raffle off about 20 new Corvettes a year. Oh and it's as little as $20 to enter our raffles. In fact, we're giving away a Corvette that only costs $20 to enter next week. So... 
that beats a scratch off any time in my book. <laughs> yes, it does. And then, of course, if you do win one of our Corvette raffles, you get that RHC museum delivery option that we mentioned earlier, too. So it's a full-fledged affair of people who think that they might not ever be a Corvette owner to risk their luck and enter to win a Corvette, and a lot of them do, so... Oh, that would just be fantastic. What a great idea. Oh, my goodness. I just love that. Thanks. Now, I'll be honest with you, Mariah. I'm a baby boomer. Most of my <laughs> friends are baby boomers and family as well. We like the idea of nostalgia. Nostalgia sells. And it does. At the, at the museum, you've got a nostalgia area. I would love to take a bunch of pictures in there. <laughs> of course. So right after you go through the gateway where we talk about a little of the pre-Corvette history and how Corvette history came to be, as you round the corner, you are going to travel back in time to our nostalgia area. So think of a, you know, 50s Main Street all the way walking to, you know, a 60s Mobile One service station where you could get your gas and your car worked on, you know. Maybe an ice cream cone, too, depending on where you were located, all the way into our 60s dealership and our 70s uh, St. Louis assembly plant. So you definitely travel back in time and you can see the museum evolve from each exhibit for each generation of the Corvette. And these nostalgic items I see uh, on the website, a mobile oil sign. These are authentic. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. And Mobile One actually developed that area of the museum um, when the museum first opened in 94. I love that. Let's move on now, Mariah, to on, uh, we have ongoing exhibits covered here, but how about the special exhibits, the ones where if you want to get there soon, you can see something you might not see otherwise. So we currently have on display um, cartoon creatures, custom cars, and Corvettes, the art and influence of Ed Big Daddy Roth. That exhibit's last day is April 26th. However, that room will be flipped to showcase an exhibit called Corvette Powered, which is going to be non-General Motors, non-Corvette vehicles that have Corvette engines and Corvette drive, chain, uh, drive chains in them as well. Is the Corvette in any sense amenable to hybrid building? I'm not affiliated with General Motors, so I can't comment on any future General Motors vehicles, though. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I just had to ask. <laughs> and when people <laughs> we get those questions all the time, but as a nonprofit, the museum is not affiliated with General Motors in any way. How do we, we do work closely with them for our events, like the one we have coming up this month and our event that we have later on in the year. And then of course we have General Motors representatives on our board of directors. Well answered. When it comes to upcoming events, I see that you have several. I did want to duck in a little plug because I'm the type of guy, I go someplace almost immediately. I make for the souvenir store. If I'm hungry, I've got to get something to eat. You mm -hmm. even have a Corvette cafe on the grounds. Right. And that is currently going through a rebranding process. So a new dining experience at the museum will be opening at the end of May. Beautiful. At the end of May and then throughout the year, it seems something is going on. While we have a few minutes left, Mariah, tell us about upcoming events in 2021. Of course, the NCM Michelin Bash is going to be on April 22nd. If you can't join us here at the museum that close, we do offer a virtual stream option where you can watch every seminar, interact with the presenters, et cetera, for just $20. And that gets you in for the whole event. 
And the museum also does events called Museum in Motions, where the museum comes to you. So the week after our Michelin NCM bash, the museum is taking a group of Corvette owners and museum members to the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina. We have another one called our National Park Tour, where we head out west to Utah and Nevada and Arizona to hit up some national parks out there as well. So there's lots of events going on at the year, both here at the NCM and areas where our Corvette enthusiasts live. My eye was caught particularly by an event you have coming up July 4th weekend. The Thunderfest? Yes. Yes. So Bowling Green Kiwanis puts on an event here at the museum every year where we invite the community to come and watch fireworks here at the National Corvette Museum. And the NCM makes a great backdrop for that. It's great to have so many things going on. Uh, Corvette enthusiasts with a certain affiliation have monthly meetings there too, don't they? They do. So we have Corvette clubs all across the country and several in the Bowling Green community. And we welcome them to participate in events at the museum, sponsor the museum, and have their club on showcase as well. There's one other thing in particular I did not want to fail to bring up in this conversation, and that is I probably would be a dunderhead going there because uh, you know my my wife does a heck of a better job with these than I do. Anytime we go to Walt Disney World, she proves that at Epcot. But <laughs> when we uh, go to Bowling Green, we're there at the Corvette Museum. We get a chance to sit in the Corvette Racing Simulator. That must be exciting. Yes. So you can get behind the wheel of a C6 um, on a virtual track and really test your look to see how you would be, you know, handling a Corvette race car on a real track, which is really fun. No, the, the sessions are what, $10? It's $10 per play and the sessions are about four to four and a half minutes long. And passengers are welcome. Yes, of course. And there is a height requirement because we have to make sure you can reach that gas pedal and that steering wheel too. Sure, I can definitely understand that. Well, if, as good as Suzanne is behind the wheel, I know who will be riding shotgun that day, that's for sure. There you go. And, and while we have just a minute left, Mariah, tell us a bit about Bowling Green generally, if people are going to go and stay a few days. Lots of accommodations? Yes, there are plenty of places to stay if you're in Bowling Green. And of course, at exit 28 on I-65 right here at the museum as well. But, you know, we're vet city, so there's lots of things happening, places to eat, shopping to do, as well as a drag strip not far from the Motorsports Park in the museum. So if you're really into motors and you love Bowling Green, we're a great place to be. And we're just about an hour north of Nashville. So even if you can't drive, you can fly. Maybe rent a car for the day and drive up to the museum and then check out the Motorsports Park while you're here and get behind the wheel of a real car on a real track if you're lucky enough. It's wonderful that the town has that kind of culture going for it. It's a well-rounded experience. Mariah Hughes, I can't thank you enough for joining us. You've got lots of people out there listening and who will listen on our podcast version who are going to be very excited to come to the National Corvette Museum. I wish you continued success. It looks like a beautiful place to visit both the museum and the city. Thank you very much for having us today. We appreciate it. We hope that everyone will come and check us out as well they should, all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.
Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.